You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father in heaven, it is a joy to be with you together here at Camp Meeting. And Lord, it's a joy to be with you wherever you are. And you are everywhere. And we want you especially in our hearts today. And so please be close to us. Please open our ears and and our hearts and our minds to uh, the influence of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just thank you for the great privilege we have together of being uh, in your work, in your service, in your cause, and is the greatest opportunity on earth, the invitation from you to labor for souls together with you. So be in our midst, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Come on in. Welcome. Good, to, good afternoon. So. So I know that uh, <clears throat> we have virtually every year or every two years some kind of initiative for our churches. And, um, and this one we've been praying about and been just talking about and discussing. And really we've had some significant shift of focus in our conference office. And this kind of stems out of that. I believe it's the first step that I think is a step in the right direction, and it'll be the right direction for many years to come. And that is this. You're welcome to come on in. Come on in. Our conference has been very much event-based. How many of you know what I mean by that? Our churches are often church and, and event-based. And our churches typically have tended to be focused inwardly. In other words, when you think about your church and you think about the number of man hours, the amount of money that you spend to maintain that building and have church on Sabbath morning, what percentage would you say you spend? So let me just, let me just paint this while you're thinking about it. The average church member outside of Sabbath not talking about attending church. That's just a bonus. Everybody ought to be there on Sabbath morning. Amen? If you don't think so, read the book of Hebrews. It'll tell you all about it. Let us not forsake the assembling or let us not forsake the holy gatherings, right? But the average church member can typically give between two and five hours of their time per week. That's typically what they do give. Okay? Some can give a little more. Some might do eight or ten, you know, etc. But when you think about the number of people attending your church, you know, let's say you've got, you know, like Williamson Church, they, on a good Sabbath, they, they might have 10. You know, I would just preach there a couple weeks ago and probably was about 10, maybe, maybe closer to 12 or 15. But you think about how many people attend your church and how many of those people are actually regular attendees, some come sporadically. But you take the core block of your people in your church and you figure, let's say each person gives three to five hours per week outside of Sabbath, you have to consider that's the number of man hours we have on a weekly basis to do anything. Anything. Does that make sense? Are you with me? And we have to think about how are we going to use that time? Just like any business. How much help do I have? How much can I do? I have to analyze and think about that. Same thing is true in your churches. 
So coming back to the question, how much time do you spend maintaining the building, maintaining the programs, maintaining the in-reach and all that kind of stuff? Tell me, a percentage. 20%? Because if, if you, whatever percentage you spend on the inward focus of your church means the opposite end is how much you spend on where? Outside of your church. Are you with me? So give me some numbers. 50%, okay? 15% on the building and, and the programming. Okay, good. That means you're doing 85% of your man hours in the community, right? No, I'm saying any form of community outreach. Any form of community outreach. That would be more inward. Yeah. But let me just tell you, we have an evaluation tool, and I can give that to you this week, where you go through and you kind of just mark off where you're spending your money, and your treasurer would have to help you with that, where you're spending your time and your effort and your focus. And we did this for a, of about, a little over 20 churches in our conference. And most of those churches are spending between 80 and 90% of their money and their resources and their time and their manpower maintaining the building. Are you with me? And that's why our churches, we've become very church-centric rather than territory-centric. Are you with me? And as a result, our leaders are getting burnout, smaller and smaller, weaker and weaker, because the truth is, there's not a lot of life-giving power to maintaining the beast, so to speak. If you understand what I mean. I don't mean prophetically. <laughs> I just talk about maintaining that machine going. There's, but there is life-giving power when you see people give their lives to Christ. Amen? And so, that's one problem our churches are facing. Another problem our churches are facing is that our, the structure of our church is, is, is really kind of built around the pastor rather than the church. Let me tell you what happens. I've worked in the ministerial department now almost four years, and whenever we transfer a pastor out of their church, here's what happens. Whatever plans the church had, this is like 99 out of 100 churches, whatever plan the church has had, what do you think they do? They drop it. They say, well, I, I mean, I, I've sat in meetings where I've heard them say, we're, we're not going to do anything until we get our next pastor. Dare I say, and I do, and you can argue with me if you want to, but I think I'm correct because the Bible indicates it, the Spirit of Prophecy indicates it, that that is nearly a sin, if not a sin. Okay? Now, I could do a whole, there's a whole seminar starting tomorrow in the afternoon at 2.30 by Wes McDonald called Let My Pastors Go. I want to encourage you to go to that seminar because our churches are so, our, our pastors are so hovering over our churches that our churches are getting weaker and weaker and our leaders are getting weaker and weaker. And the cry from almost every church is, our churches are getting weaker because we need our own pastor. And actually the churches are getting weaker because whatever percentage you have of your pastor now, it's too much. We need leaders to step up in our churches. And however many elders you have in your local church, that's the number of pastors you have. Amen? Yeah. 
Because elders are really lay pastors. Amen? And in all the places in the world where the church is growing, the pastor has like 20 churches. All the places in the world where the, where the, where the churches are shrinking, the pastor has like one, two, three churches. It's the bottom line across the board, all around the world. And so our people have to say, this is our work to do. It's not the pastor's work. The pastor is here as an overseer. But it's our work to do the work in our communities. And I could show you quote after quote, and I'll show you some later in the week. But so this is where we're kind of going for this week. And so I'm going to give you an overview of this Reach Michigan initiative. And there's a lot of people because a lot of the things that we're going to do are going to be live streamed to the conference from one location. And it might be Lansing, it might be Detroit or whatever. And people have been saying to me, oh, well, that's just a Lansing thing or that's just a whatever but the reality is, is that any moment of the day, you have opportunity to do ministry in your community. Any minute of the day. You don't have to wait for the conference to come along and do a thing for you, or the pastor to do a thing for you. There's people dying every day. Just look at the newspaper. They're in the, they're in the obituary section, you understand? And so what this is, is we are providing opportunities for every church to plug into what we're doing conference-wide, but guess where the real work is going to be done? It's going to be done locally in your community. Does that make sense? We might provide a bit of a structure for the thing, but the work is going to be done by your people in your church in your community. Make sense? Okay. So I'm going to give you an overview of what that's going to look like today and then answer your questions. Then tomorrow, we're going to talk about mission-focused church structure. Within our churches, our boards typically don't operate on a mission-focused basis. Our departments don't function in that way. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. How do we have a, a structure in our local church that creates an environment and an atmosphere in which we can be more missional? Are you with me? Okay, then on uh, the next day, we're going to talk about uh, reaching missing members. You know... I'm a firm believer in evangelism and reaching new souls. But I'm also a firm believer in, in, in maintaining the ones that we have. And so we're going to talk about steps you can take. And this fall, we're actually going to have a conference-wide missing member outreach. We're going to have two Sabbaths this fall where we're, we're going to be encouraging all the churches in Michigan to go out and labor for those who have left so that you can understand why they left and we can... Uh, Etc. and give them invitations to come back. So we'll talk about that on, let's see, today's Sunday, Monday, that'll be Tuesday. Then on Wednesday through Friday, we're going to talk about, I'm going to have different people come in. I'm going to have some of our departmental directors. I'm going to have some of our pastors come in and give you guys very practical, simple things that you can do within your churches to reach others. Does that make sense? And so... One of the things, I, I, I kind of got off of this, and we'll come back to it. One of the things that we've been doing in the conference is recognizing that even at the conference level, this is what's been happening. We have some wonderful conference directors. Okay, I don't include myself in that category, but 
We have some wonderful conference directors. But what we've done as a con this is not anything negative against any person, but what we've done for years and decades is as a conference, we host some very magnificent events. And we'll have a, a thing over here for this department and a thing over up at camp for this department and a thing wherever we go. And what happens is, instead of often empowering our local members to do the work in their community, we're pulling them out of their churches to come to conference events. I'm not saying that's bad, because sometimes you do need that, okay? But what we've realized is we want our, the function of our conference departments are not to hold events to pull members to so that we can say we had a great time. I mean, that's, you know, again, occasionally you're going to have to have that. But the real function, the real role of our conference direct, uh, directors and departments is to train and equip the local leaders of the local church to do a work in their community. Does that make sense? So really, we need to be in the churches training the members and training the directors. So for instance, the women's ministry department would train women's ministry leaders in the local church how to train the other women in the church to reach other women for Christ. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Men's ministry director trains all the local men's ministry directors to train the members to train others how to win men to Christ. Same thing with pathfinders. Campus ministry, health ministry, that every department, children's ministry, that every department is not just equipped to do something nice for the church members, but that every department within the church is focused on soul winning and reaching people for Christ. Does that make sense? So that you have kind of like a large wheel, which is the local church, and that wheel is spinning. And it's reaching the community with various ministries for Christ. We're not just building ourselves up. And here's something I always hear. Anytime you start to talk about doing something in your community, here's one of the main arguments that come up. We don't even know all the members in our own church. Why are we going out to do that? And, it, and it's inevitable. It never, almost never seems to fail that it just stalls that thing out right there. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, the best way to get to know somebody is to go out and labor for somebody else. Say, hey, I don't know you. You can be my partner. Let's go, right? And so we always have these reasons why we can't do a thing. And we always talk about that we should do a thing, but we don't ever do a thing. <laughs> or rarely. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying. So then somebody will plan a social and we'll come and we'll, have, you understand. But as that large wheel is spinning, all the departments within a church become little wheels that are also spinning. And every department becomes a little soul winning unit, so to speak. And they are laboring for souls both in and out of the church. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. So uh, Wednesday through Friday, we're going to have some practical, simple things that you can deal, do. But what we don't want to do, here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to say within our churches, let's just have this cool ministry here, and this cool ministry here, and this one over here. And we've got a lot of sporadic things that are just happening all over the place, but nothing's really, you know what I'm saying? Coming together. 
And we're going to talk about that this week. We want those things to be coming together. We want them all to have their place and to be moving in one direction so that we have a common goal in mind. Are you with me? Okay. Very, very important that we're doing that. And as a conference, we realized that we've not been doing that. (laughs) And we realize because we're not doing it, many times the local churches are not doing it. And so we've been meeting and praying and discussing. We've had divided up into groups and for several months we've been praying about how to move forward in this so that we have a very objective goal that we're all moving together with. And everybody has their own niches. Okay, Everybody has their own department. But these departments need to stop working in silos and begin to work together. And so for one common purpose, which is to reach the, the loss for Christ. So that's kind of where we're at this week. Okay, that's where we're going to go. So how many of you were at the meeting last night and you heard my little spiel? Somebody said, you looked angry up there. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to be angry. I, was, I probably should have smiled more, but I was trying to... You know, sometimes like when you're pressed for time, like you're just trying to... There's certain things you've got to say. You don't always have time to be happy about it. That was one of those times. But I am a very happy person. Very happy. I have a lot of peace and joy in my heart. So I just want to reiterate this statement. And I don't think we can read it enough. But it's from... The, and there's many others like it. I mean, you just read... If you've never read the book Christian Service, I want to challenge you to start reading that book right away. The book Evangelism. There's some segments that are pretty... Uh, you know... Some are more inspirational and others are instructional, but the book of Evangelism is good, but the book Christian Service. But this statement, in a special sense, Seventh-day Adventists have been set in the world as watchmen and light bearers. That's you. That's me. I mean, like, like, like the Lord has placed you wherever you are as a watchman and as a light bearer. I mean, that's incredible to think. That's our life purpose. I don't know what some of you do for a living, Some of you are doctors and dentists and car mechanics and teachers and whatever, but that's not your ultimate life purpose. Some of you retired. I'll tell you, like, people say, I'm retired, like, I'm tired. Like, you have no excuse. Your kids are grown up, you don't have a job, and it drives me crazy these people moving down to Berrien Springs to be with their friends. We need to be with the lost. Amen? And I'm not saying it's, I'm not trying to beat up on people that live down there, but my goodness, how, how many Adventists can we pile on top of each other in one place? You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. And I'm moving to Collegedale area, right? <laughs> but listen, listen. I'm going down there for a different purpose, and I, I'm living about 25 minutes away in a non Adventist neighborhood, so I'm going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm living up in Harrison, so it's going to be a little ways away. All right, so to them has been entrusted the last warning for a perishing world. That tells you there's not another denomination rising up down the road that's going to take our place. We are it, and God is going to use this church. Amen. On them is shining wonderful light from the Word of God. There's light shining on you, on your face. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. They have been given a work of the most solemn import, the proclamation of the first, the second, and third angels' messages. There is no work of so great importance 
They are to allow nothing else to absorb their attention. The world is to be warned and God's people are to be true to the trust committed to them. And so look, nothing else to absorb their attention. That doesn't mean that you don't have life happening around you, right? That doesn't mean you have, don't have things to do. But every day I ought to check in my mind and in my heart and be thinking, what is the number one thing that God has for me to do every day? And how can I accomplish that today? I have all these other things, but here's what's happened. With the Adventist pioneers, they were consumed with sharing the gospel with the world. So much so that when they thought Jesus was coming, what did they do? They sold their stuff. They sold their houses and they, 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 they sold their businesses and they sold their material goods. We will come to a place where it's time to do that. I don't think that, that, that time is now. There may be some things we need to sell. <laughs> I mean, they were selling stuff and we're just accumulating stuff, aren't we? I mean, we're about to move and I'm thinking, my word. In the last five years since I've had kids, like, how did I get all this stuff? We're, I'm just like purging. I'm on Facebook, Marketplace, selling stuff like crazy. What's that? Amen. But it's like, what is... How We need to pray about this. Like, Lord, how can this be my number one consumption every day? It has to be. And we can get so easily distracted. And so nothing else to absorb their attention. There was something else I was going to say to that, but there was no other work of so great importance. I mean, people today say, well, they'll say, well, we need to go feed the homeless. We need to go and help those kind of people. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that is definitely part of the work that we need to do, but it is not the whole. And the whole is what we want, you understand? And, and, and so that's a part of proclaiming the first, second, third angel's message. And so what's happening to people today, and you see it all around, is that people are driven by the, by the affairs of their own personal interests, right? They're driven by these things, and they're saying, man, like, I've been so busy this week, I didn't even have time to prepare my Sabbath school lesson, so like, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Like, they're so busy with stuff, that they have little to no time for the Lord's cause. Where the pioneers said, I'm going to do whatever is necessary for the Lord's cause, and the rest of my what I'm going to eat today, the Lord will figure that out. You understand? And we need some element of a return to that, some element of a balance of that, so that the number one thing in our life is, how do I press forward God's message in my sphere of influence? See, we need a revival of this. We are just driven by our own selves. All right, so notice it says the proclamation of the first, second, and third angel's messages. So we have done a lot of proclaiming, haven't we? Now, people, was, I, people all the time are, are coming to me and saying, oh, well, you know, it just didn't work in our church, and this happened and that happened. And, and listen, like... If you understand the principle of the funnel, you're going to start with a lot of people and it's going to narrow down to a few. If you, if you, have, if you don't understand that, read the Gospels. John chapter 6, verse 66. John 6, 6, 6. Many of His disciples turned and walked with Him 
No more. And the funnel went down, you understand? But I'm going to, and people will all the time give these arguments against public evangelism. And I have a question. Through Unlocked Revelation and Jesus on Prophecy, we have had over 5,000 non-Adventists walking through the doors of our churches. What other ministries do we have? And they're not just coming for like VBS or something, which is good, but they're coming literally to hear the Bible messages of truth. Right? What other thing are we doing where 5,000 people are walking through the doors of our churches? Now look, not all those people come through at this time, but they're sitting there and they're hearing the message. And when things start to, to, hit, to, to, start to unravel, they're going to remember those messages. The Lord's going to bring them back to their minds and they're going to return to that truth. Okay? It's going to happen. And so we have been proclaiming. But what we haven't been doing many times is the rest of the cycle. How many of you are familiar with the growth cycle, right? I don't need to go through all that. We've heard it for years. But we have the five components. We've been doing the, the harvesting and the proclaiming. We do that very well. There's always things to tighten up, but we don't need to change or stop that. We need to be active in the other parts of that cycle. And so that's why we are looking at having Reach Michigan, which I believe is a holistic evangelism approach using Christ's method. Now, the grow cycle is the corporate cycle, right? It's the corporate work. It's the work of the church to plan ministries and outreaches and things in our community that go into that cycle, yeah? But what is the role of the individual? It's what? Christ's method, right? Does that make sense? So the individual has a work as well, and it's Christ's method. From the Ministry of Healing, page 143. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed His sympathy for them. He ministered to their needs and won their confidence. Then He bade them what? Follow Me. This is the individual work that Christ has for every member. And I'm telling you, this is about as easy as eating a piece of apple pie. It's as simple as going over to your neighbor's house and saying, Hey, how you doing? What's going on in your life? How are things going for you? How's work? How's family? Sitting down with them. Hey, calling up my neighbor. Hey, I want to take you and your wife out to eat one night this next week. Is there a night that's good for you? Let's go, let's go to Olive Garden. Sit down. Or come over. Come over for ice cream around the fire this week. What night's good for you? Oh, no night this week. Oh, what about next week? Oh, yeah, let's do Tuesday of next week. You understand? It's not hard to do it. Why can't we do it? What's the problem? We really like doing that with our own church members, don't we? What's the difference between the church member and those people? Huh? They don't know Christ yet. And somehow that scares us. How do you know your church members? Do you think you have some fellow church members that don't know Christ? Maybe you need to invite them too, right? Here, here's something that, I, that I've really discovered. When I first started Bible work, I was relatively new in the church, just a couple of years. And I used to think to myself, like, 
like I can't do anything except actively give Bible studies. Like if I if I were to like go for a bike ride or for a kayak ride or for a four-wheeler ride or if I were to have a fire one evening and just roast marshmallows, I felt guilty about it. That was not a way to live. Not, nobody told me any of those things. It's just how I felt. But over the years, I've realized I can do a lot of things that I love to do. And I just bring somebody with me. You know what I'm saying? I want to go fishing. I go fishing. I'm calling my neighbor. Hey, come fishing with me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go for a hike. Let's go for you know whatever. Let's go bowling. Let's go do a thing. And I call my call these non-avenous people, and I pray, Lord, send somebody to be with me that I can, I can have Christ's method. I can mingle with them and desire their good. And while I'm mingling, while we're while we're sitting there roasting our marshmallows or eating our ice cream by the fire, I'm like I'm desiring their good. Hey. How's it going? What's happening in your life, right? How you doing since your grandmother passed away? How you doing since, you know, since you had that 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 challenging thing a while back? So as I as I'm desiring their good and as they know I'm desiring their good as I mean, can you typically sense when somebody really cares about you? You know this guy that's at the mall and he's trying to get you to sign up for a credit card and he's like, oh yeah, so what do you like to do, man? I'm like, dude, come on. I know what you're doing. I know you want me to. But when people sense you genuinely care, they're going to develop trust. They're going to ask you things. They're going to tell you things. And that's my opportunity to sympathize and minister to them and win their confidence. I mean, my goodness. I have, I have a firm belief that every Seventh-day Adventist in Michigan, every act of Adventist could win one soul to Christ every year. There is literally no reason why we can't do that. No reason at all. And so it's, it's this. It's a personal work. This is not going to get done by your pastor. It's not going to get done by your church. It's not going to get done by the conference. It's going to get done by you and all your fellow people. And so then he bade them follow me. And so this personal effort plus the corporate labor plus the things that we do as a church to magnify is going to lead to growth in our churches. And so we're going to talk more about this this week, but every church and every department and every disciple collaboratively seeking to reach our community. There's an individual work for us to do, and there's a corporate work for us to do as a church. So I want to go with you through the calendar um, that we have. And these are the major events that we're going to be uh, offering conference-wide uh, throughout this next year, starting in September. Okay, So let me just say this. Your church may be bigger or smaller. You may be able to participate in all of these things. You may be able to participate in only a few of them. We're not saying that any church has to do all of them or nothing. I'm going to share this with you later, but on the sign-up page, you can select the things that you want to be a part of. Maybe your church is planning one thing, something else, at the same time we're doing a thing. That's great. We don't, what we don't want is the conference to start planning the, all the activities for the local churches. That's not our job. Our job is to train and equip you to begin planning and doing your own uh, training you to do your own planning. Does that make sense? All right, so um, let me just start with this. 
So the rest and renew retreat, that's basically the first thing. How many of you saw this last year or attended this? I'm telling you, this to me was one of the most revolutionary steps towards truly doing Christ's method alone. How many of you heard anything about it? Okay, you haven't heard anything. Let me tell you about it real quick. So what we did is last September, the evangelism department hosted a retreat up at Camp Asable. And any Adventist member could come for free. Actually, it, it was sort of free. 2020. Yeah, it was March of 2020 we did it. Right before COVID. Like, like two weeks before COVID or something. And any, any member could come for free. The only entry fee was that they have to bring a non-Adventist. That was their fee. And we went from Thursday night till Sunday morning. You can't know the number of calls that I got from people saying, I can't, I'm too scared to ask somebody, but can I just pay some money and come, and come anyway? And I'm like, I told them like, like the chance is better that hell will freeze over. Than. I, was like, I was like, this event is specifically for this. It's not for members to come enjoy a weekend at camp. It's for ministry. And so we've never had so many non-Avenist adults at camp. They told me this forever. I mean, we have a lot of kids at summer camp. And it was just spectacular. We had about uh, almost a little over 100 Adventists that came, and several of them invited more than one person. And we had uh, about 200 non-Adventists up at camp. It was incredible. And so we had about 300 people. And they came, so they came on Thursday evening and they got a gift bag when they came and we had some snacks and water and things like that in there and had some glow tracks in there. Had a whole pack of glow tracks for all the people that came. So they got that right off the bat. And then we had a little orientation and we explained to them what was going to happen over the weekend. So we had six meetings and one Thursday night, and then two a day on Friday, two a day on Sabbath, and then one on Sunday morning before they left. And we told them, like, we highly encourage you to come to these meetings. They're gonna, we're going to do Bible study together, and we're going to study some, a lot of very interesting topics. And so we had Chad Cruiser. I think I got a picture of him. No, I don't have. Uh, but Chad, I do, but it's a little bit further. Chad Cruiser was our speaker. And we preached on strong Adventist topics. Like, you know, we preached on salvation. We preached on the second coming. We preached on the Sabbath. We preached on the Antichrist. We preached on the sanctuary. Not fluffy devotionals, but true Adventist messages. And I wasn't sure what people would do. But here's the other thing that we did. So I, pay, I, I paid some massage therapists to come up. And people could get free massages all weekend long. We had, we, I think it got canceled, but originally we were going to have horseback riding. We had uh, nature tours. We had, you know, bonfire and, and we had uh, hay rides and all kinds of stuff that people could participate in for fellowship. And when the people first came on Thursday, they came to the first meeting and they sat through it and everybody was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, what exactly is this thing? And then Friday they came back in the morning to the meeting and they were, a little better, you know, we had good, good food and all that. And then they went for their day's activities on Friday. When people came back on Friday night, 
you know, the Bible says the countenance changed. I mean, they were just smiling. Everybody acted like they, everybody was their best friend. You know, we had all kinds of activities for them. And they just came back joyful and elated. And then they kept coming back to the meetings. And every meeting, the auditorium was packed. And it was just packed. Vicki Griffin was doing uh, balanced living presentations each, each session. And she talked to them about their health and their brain and their gut and all that kind of stuff. And people, I mean, it was just packed in there. And you can see, I mean, it was, I've never seen the auditorium so full. And Chad Cruiser, there's Chad speaking, and he preached on those messages. And we offered people Bible studies. We said, if you, if you have an interest in what you've heard, and you want to continue studying, we have this free program called Bible Study Offer. You can go home and keep studying the Bible. And like almost 30 people requested Bible studies. I mean, we had people there that had been Christians all their life. People, women in their 60s, men in their 60s. And we had people there who, when they opened the Bible on, Friday, on Thursday night, the first time they'd ever opened the Bible in their life. We had, we, and we had everything in between. So at the end of this weekend, I mean, it was incredible. We had uh, 30 decisions for baptism, over 35 decisions from people to keep the Sabbath. Several, uh, there was like 28 people accepted Christ for the first time in their life. First time in their life. And we actually had a baptism. And so, what's that? Marcia yeah, I think it was Marsha. Yes. Yes, and that's what I was just about to say. Amen. I was just about to say that I've gotten email after email about people who actually followed through with their baptism because of that weekend. And so it was very exciting, very incredible. And it's not wasn't really fully anything new. It's just that we put it all together in one place. That's really all that's really was really the innovative piece to it. We put it all together so that people experienced fellowship and Christ's method and having their needs ministered to um, while at the same time hearing the truth. And you know how when we have an evangelistic series, you'll have guests and it takes them a while to warm up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Week or two. This happened overnight. I'm just telling you, it happened that quick and people were locked in and they were very excited. So we're going to do that again in September. Chris Holland, who will be the speaker for our meetings in uh, March of next year, he'll be the speaker for the Rest and Renew Retreat. So people are already going to be acquainted with him. So I want to encourage you now, you'll start to see pretty soon uh, some advertising going out and registration uh, to, to, to think of somebody that you know. Bring them up. Very exciting. Also in September, we're going to have a conference-wide cooking school with Teeny Finley. How many of you know Teeny Finley? Uh, fantastic. I've, been, I've done uh, cooking schools with her before, and she does a very phenomenal job. People just love her, her cooking schools. And so the plan is that she's going to come and do three days of cooking school, and then that's going to be broadcast likely by Hope Channel. If not, we'll live stream it across the conference. And then you're going to have opportunity to have people come to that. And then following that, in October, you'll, we'll have a 
you'll have a local event, local health continuation that will enable those people to continue to come and you'll be able to minister to them. Now, Vicki Griffin from our health ministries department, she's going to be overseeing this. And she has a number of options that churches can do. In fact, she's just recording a new 16-part series uh, that you can use if you want to use that or one of the many other ones that she has to be able to continue. So on September 25, we're going to have another uh, conference-wide Reach Michigan rally and similar to the one we did on May 1st. And Chris Holland will be there. He will be sharing uh, another message and he'll be doing an afternoon train or somebody, I don't know who exactly will be doing that training yet, but we'll have another training in the afternoon. And that training is going to be equipping us to do missing member outreach. I'm going to do a training uh, this week, but they'll do another one then because you're going to forget it between now and then. But on October 9 and 23, as a conference, we're encouraging our churches to go out into their communities and visit the missing members of their church, taking a gift with them and all that. I'll talk more about that later. But it's going to be very exciting. I mean, you can imagine having hundreds or even thousands of members across Michigan going to visit those who were once in our ranks but are not. In every church that I've pastored, we've done missing member outreach. And when we do it, we have people that come back. There are people, many of them, who are waiting for someone to come and just hear what happened to them and maybe apologize and say, we want you back, and they'll be right back the next Sabbath. I'm just telling you. Then there'll be some that'll be angry you even came. That's okay. That's okay, because we're good shepherds, amen? And we're going to go and we're going to bless those people. How many think that's a great opportunity? Yeah? It's very, very exciting. So we're going to be organizing and sharing that. I mentioned this, the uh, local church health, and uh, whatever you decide to do as a church, you'll follow the cooking school with that. So you'll plan and organize that on a local level. In November, we're going to offer training for any church member that wants to attend to become a director or facilitator for the Neil Nedley Depression Recovery Program. And so there is, so I don't know how that's going to work yet. We're still working out the details. Uh, but, you know, there is some level, there will be some level of cost, but we're trying to get them to discount it. And then as a conference, we're going to subsidize some of that. And then the local church may be able to help with, so the cost, if any, to the member will be very minimal. Um, but what we don't want is we don't want, you know, sending somebody who doesn't really want to do it, you know, because, oh yeah, we, you understand what I'm saying. We want it, it ha it's going to be quality and it's, there's going to be some price to somebody somewhere. So we want people that are serious about it. So when I was in Traverse City pastoring, we did a depression recovery program there, and we did it in the worst part of the year, January, February, and this is what I remember doing. I bought, I paid for a hundred posters and a thousand flyers, okay? I put those posters up all around town, and I put those flyers, I took them door to door until they were gone. I put a little ad in the newspaper, 
I think I put some, put some free announcements on some of the local radio stations. That was it. That's all the advertising. I didn't even do a mailing. And we had two information sessions at the Holiday Inn in our town. And I had 55 non-Adventists show up for those information sessions. Just from that. I'm very minimal advertising. Especially in that time of year, people are struggling. They're struggling. So if you're offering a, a depression recovery program, an eight-week community program uh, that people can attend and find help, I'm telling you, people are beating down the doors. They want to know. Okay. So in January, so in November, that training is going to take place, and that will be gearing you up in January and February. We're going to do that eight-week program. Does that make sense? Um, so it's going to start probably a week or so after the new year, and it's going to run through February, and uh, you're going to be connecting with people on a weekly basis. And so somebody from your church would be trained as the director, so they'll know how to run the overall program, and then the others will be facilitators, because what usually happens is you have, you have the video by Dr. Nedley, and then the director will give a little bit of talking, um, and then you have small groups. You kind of break up and you have a facilitator for each of the small groups. Okay. Now you may, in your case, like in a small case, some of your churches may be small and you may only have one small group and that's fine. Uh, maybe that same director is going to be also be the facilitator. But um, so we're going to work those things out between now and then. We'll have sign up for that and et cetera. So how many think that's exciting? Ministering to our community. Yeah. And th this is what we want. We, we have to proclaim our message, but we also have to minister to people like Jesus did. And we've neglected that on a large scale. We just always want to hand people a glow track, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to do more than that. We have to do more than that. We have to be where people are. All right, so following that, and, and so I'm talking like the, the depression recovery will end like one week, and then the next week, we're going to have a conference-wide archaeology seminar. Um, now, I want to point something out. You notice that I keep putting here conference-wide slash local. Why is that? Because, yeah, because what it's not is the conference putting on this nice show program for all of our members to come sit and listen to. That's not what it is. If the local church doesn't do the work, that's what it will be. You'll have people that will come and they'll sit and they'll go, oh, it's another nice little thing we've done. No, the local church has more work to do than the conference will to, to help sponsor this conference-wise. that makes sense? The local church will be the ones doing the work. And that's... That's my burden, is that our local churches become equipped, trained, and empowered to do that work, okay? So, we're going to have this transition for those who have been, you know, and so like, for instance, the depression recovery program, the people that are coming to your health meetings, we're going to invite them to what? To that too. Now, somebody said, well, maybe they're not depressed. But the depression recovery program is not just for depression, it's also for mental peak performance. So you say to your people, well, this is, this is, you want your brain to function optimally? 
come to this. You know someone that's depressed, come to this. Are you depressed yourself? Come to this, right? So we're going to have opportunity to keep connecting them to things. And this is going to be kind of our bridge into the spiritual, not completely because you're going to be doing spiritual with them the whole, the whole time, but it's our bridge to the spiritual. And we're going to invite people to this archaeology seminar. We're probably going to have Michael Hazel uh, be doing that. So to be five nights, the, the goal is to have a broadcast on Hope Channel. So we'll be broadcasting it not just across Michigan, but across where? Across the world. And so you can invite your friends everywhere to be a part of many of these things. It doesn't just have to be people in Michigan. So we're going to have that five-night series, um, conference-wide biblical archaeology seminar. Now, uh, so that's... Uh, then following that, March, to April, uh, March 25 to April 3 will be Discoveries and Prophecy <clears throat> with Pastor Chris Holland. And um, Chris Holland is going to be here live in Michigan. He can't be at every church at one time, so we are going to broadcast that on Hope Channel. But he'll be preaching um, a full evangelistic series that we'll be doing next year in the spring. Now, ch local churches will have one of a couple of options. Actually, two key options, but three uh, broader options. Number one, you can just watch from the Hope Channel. You can... You can advertise in your community just like you would in a regular evangelistic series. And then you can invite people to come to your church and be a part of watching Chris Holland. That's one option. Second option is you can do small groups in your community and invite people to come to homes where you can have small gatherings and serve food and whatever um, and then minister to people on a smaller scale. Or number three, you can have your own live speaker and Chris Holland is going to share all of his sermons and all of his graphics with whoever wants or needs them. Okay, So here's what we're, here's what we're really trying to do. It's very important. Is that we are trying to create options for churches that are COVID sensitive and churches that are not. Individuals that are COVID sensitive and individuals that are not. And we want... We're trying to create an environment where there is a perfect blend of conference assistance but local church effort, okay? An individual effort. Because, there, I mean, you saw these things. There's multiple opportunities for every member to be involved, yes or no? Yeah. Every member to be involved. There's multiple opportunities for every department to plan and be a part of these things, yes or no? Is there something for every church, big or small? Yes. Whatever you have to do to scale up or scale back, you have the opportunity to do that, right? We are doing the complete cycle. We are ministering to people's needs physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, yes? We are seeking to follow Christ's method, but we're also proclaiming our message, amen? And so that's, what, that's, that's our goal here. It's not to just do another evangelistic series. Let me check my time here. All right, we've got a few minutes left. So there's some other smaller components that we want to do. And uh, there's something called dinner with the speaker. How many of you have ever heard of this? And a couple of you have. And this is where right before the evangelistic meetings, the week before, your church can host a little banquet. You can either do it at a restaurant or you can do it at your church. 
and you invite people to come to it. You have a little invitation card that's nice, and you say, hey, come to a free dinner. You know, make it nice with candles and whatever. It, it, it can't be like, you know, church potluck style, okay? Banquet style. And people come, and if it's possible to have live music, you have live music. If not, you just have a, have a CD playing some nice, calming music. And people just have a nice dinner together, okay? And then what happens is, we're going to make it available so that Chris Holland will either have a recorded message or he can do a live Zoom for all the churches. Um, and he'll just give a little 15-minute message and share with people something encouraging and then invite them to attend Discoveries in Prophecy. Does that make sense? It's very simple. I'd, I've done this many times. And most of the people who come to the banquet also come to the meetings. And a larger percentage of them end up making decisions for Christ than those that don't. It's a very nice thing. There's no expectations. It's just an invitation. And so we want to encourage our churches to do that. Now, Chris is going to do this, like, for instance, in the Detroit area. He's going to go there live the week before, and we're going to host a large one for all the churches. He's going to go to Grand Rapids one night and do that. I think the other ones, we're going to do one in Lansing, one in, I think, Kalamazoo, maybe. And then the other, and then he's going to do one on Zoom for all the rest of the churches one night so that they can, all across Michigan, they can be a part of that. Does that make sense? So more details will come about this, but that is an option. A church doesn't have to do it. The other thing that he's going to do is following the series, he can only be in one place for the actual series, but following the series for a week, he's going to go to a different city every night. He's going to go to Detroit, he's going to go to Grand Rapids and some of the larger cities. We're planning to do one up north somewhere. And then we're going to invite all of the guests from all of the locations to come to one place and be able to hear him live and he'll call for decisions during that meeting. Are you guys still with me? I know I've been talking a lot, but I've talked to Chad uh, Bernard in our. How many of you know what field work is? Most of you know what that is. And he told me that if there are local churches that would like to do a field work project in your community, he'd be willing to come and work with you to, and help you set that up. Um, so, all through this year, any churches, we don't have. He's going to have some planned, but we don't have any yet on the calendar. But he said that any local churches that want to be participating in that can come, not come, but can contact him, and he'd be willing to do that for them. Does that make sense? And also, finally, our, our conference directors are, again, committed to coming to your local churches and training them in those, that, those specific areas. Okay. So that's kind of an overview. There's a lot of pieces that have not been set yet, but that we'll be doing along the way. Uh, but that's kind of the framework for it. So, um, but our goal is that we are laboring all together, all of our departments at the local church level, at the conference level, we're all moving in one direction. And this is the initiative, and all the departments are on board with it. It's not just everybody doing a thing over here and over there, and then the advances department will do a series. It's working unitedly in one common wheel. Amen? All right. We have a few minutes here, so I want to take some questions. I know they, there's probably going to be some.
And uh, yes, so I'm going to have to uh, come to you for the mic. So, Oh, you know what? They wanted me to have prayer first. So let's have prayer and then we'll take some questions. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to just see how you're working already and how you want us to be unitedly laboring in one direction. And so, Father, as we think about Reach Michigan over the course of this next year, we're excited about all the things that you're going to be doing. We're excited about the, having the opportunity, Lord, to, uh, to just move in our communities and see your hand touch hearts and touch lives, to see your hand bless people. And so be close to us, we pray, as there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of prayers to be made. There's a lot of planning to be executed. And so, Lord, help us, we pray. And we know that you will bring precious souls who are open to your truth to hear your message and to be eternally changed forever. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.